If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. This you, one. You like how I started out aggressive and then it kind of brought yeah, down a little just, bit? You kept the energy For the first down. 40 minutes. How do you say 40 in Spanish, Justin? Uh, you put me on the spot. No, that's 20. Qua, qua, I was going to say cuatro, but qua, it's not Cuarente. Right. Cuarente, right? yeah. Does it sound like the, that? Something like that. Why are you looking anyway. at me? It's hella racist, dude. <laughs> you Adam, you're the, you're the I, most I feel stupid now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like, I knew this question. I failed. So we do our introductory conversation. We start out by talking about my, uh, in, my encounter. Your inglés. My encounter with a spider. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it was a sad, scary uh, situation. I'm so glad I'm, I'm safe in here today. Yes. Then we talked about spraying DDT on kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, I can't believe they did that. Don't try the, this at home. Yeah, uh, keep those kids clean. Uh, uh, we're we talk, were horrible human beings. Talk about while. the first car phone. What year do you think the first car phone was? Justin ever used? dropped some knowledge here. He, hey, Justin man. clowned on me with this. He actually knew some facts. Big that, time. Yeah, I had no Big idea. Big time. All the time. Then we talk about laptop theft. And the airbag bicycle prank. Oh, my God. If you guys have time to watch a YouTube, yes. it is worth your time. They deserve oh it. Oh, my God. Then we talk about the vegan meal law. Believe it or not, there's a law now that benefits vegans. Uh, we talked about Health IQ's quiz and getting life insurance policies on other people, on other loved ones. Uh, kind of interesting. We didn't know you could do that. Health yeah, you IQ. hedge your bet on your mom, huh? Health IQ provides uh, inexpensive quality life insurance for fit people. So if you're fit, you got to go to healthiq.com forward slash mind pump and get a free quote. Hmm. Then we talk about Adam's Organify phone call. Adam likes to pr- talk about all the things we want to do ahead of time. <laughs> 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 Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Uh, if you go to Organify.com. You read the book The Secret. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Organify.com forward slash mind pump. Enter the code mind pump. You're going to get twice as much as 10% off. Do the math, Adam. 20%. 20% off. You're so good at math. Oh, you, you win. Just don't know it in Spanish. Then we get, then we get to the questions. <laughs> 20. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I know that one. The first question was, uh, why is it that someone's 10 rep weight can be so close to their 1 to 3 rep weight? Mm. That doesn't make sense, but it does. Find out why in that part of this episode. The next question was, what are our thoughts on tempo when we do a lift? Should you slow down the tempo or should you be explosive and quick with your lifts, Justin? That's the only time you want to be quick. Yeah. With the lifts. You got it. Next question. uh, You know, health and wellness directly affects testosterone and sex drive, but how does your sex drive affect your health and wellness? This is one of those reverse questions. Uh, Does more sex or better sex give you more quality in, uh, in the gym? In life, and I mean, you're not going to feel terrible. That's right. Let's be honest. And the final question: What is the meaning behind the color coding? Of the MAPS program. We get really scientific here. Easter yeah. egg alert. <laughs> Easter egg. <laughs> okay? You got to listen to the end of the episode to figure out why we colored them the way we did. Yeah. Believe me, trust me. I, I want to read theories. Oh, ironically. That, that spawned from this conversation. A lot of thought went into this. Also- Electromagnetism. What I, is, I, I fucked up on that. What is electromagnetism? <laughs> yeah. Is that what makes you attracted yeah, to that's Adam? That's what it is. Mm. Uh, also, we are in September- and what is turning out to be one of our most popular new program launches ever, Maps Strong. I am, uh, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised at the response that we're getting. People are loving Maps Strong. Uh, the workouts are fun. They're different. 
It's a strongman-inspired uh, workout program. You get a lot of great work on the posterior chain, like the glutes and back, develop a very solid body, burn a ton of calories, uh, speeds up your metabolism. It is a strength program. Really phenomenal. You can find it at Maps Strong, two S's in the middle, Maps and then Strong.com. Or uh, if you're more of a beginner or let's say you're, you're strictly into bodybuilding or you have different types of goals, you can check out some of our other MAPS programs and you can get more information of those uh, at mindpumpmedia.com or at mapsfitnessproducts.com. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time! Oh, all right, it's T-shirt time. Mm, T-shirts. <laughs> shirt tees. Give you reaction. Give away those shirt tees. Yeah. All right, we have had 13 reviews. Hey. Um, we're giving out four shirts. Not our worst week. Nope. All right. The winners are... Care Bear 0807. Mm, yes. Care Bear Stare. Shepherd Mama 88. Afar 007. And Dirk Diggler 1987. Ooh, <laughs> that porno. Yeah. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Thanks, guys. Hooray. You guys almost lost me yesterday. What? Where? Yeah, I almost died. Why? How? I've been waiting to tell you guys before we turn the mic on. Is this is this like car related or dude, dude. So it's let, always you in the car, man. No, gotta, listen, listen to this. I'm gonna get him a driver. Almost Adam. Died. She got a big bigger truck. It's not yeah. the car. It has nothing to do with the car. So we had guests over last night. Um had a great time. Jessica's dad came over with his girlfriend and we had some two good friends of ours come over and everybody had a great time, great dinner. Jessica made a nice dinner and enjoyed everything. And because we had extra guests, we took out this you know folding table. Uh, so everybody could have a seat. So at the end of the night, I, you know, we're cleaning up and I'm folding up the table to take it out outside. So I take it outside and I put the light on and the, we have this little like back patio area mm-hmm. and I'm walking up, there's this little shed, right? So I walk to the shed and the light was on behind me cause it, it's a motion sensor. It turns on and there's a shadow on the shed in front of me <laughs> of own. a fucking spider. Oh. Massive. <laughs> It was just the shadow of it. Yeah. So, and I knew that it had to be somewhere around me or behind me, right? It's <laughs> the light, right? Yeah. So I fucking dropped the table. I'm like, oh shit. And I kind of duck and I'm like looking around and I look, turn back, bro. It's fucking spider. Bro, it was like this big, dude. Really? Just hanging off the umbrella, the, the like patio umbrella. Oh, yeah. Which uh, for sure. For sure, one of its legs must have touched my hair. Yeah. That's how close. No, that's how creepy it is. I probably walked behind it. So I walk under. I'm like, oh shit! And then Jessica, who has a legit like phobia of spiders. Yeah. So I have. I'm probably borderline need help. She definitely's like no good with spiders, right? Yeah. And I don't like them either. But because I'm the guy, I go on like killing sprees. Because I'm the guy, and you know how sexism works. I have to fucking handle that shit. Yeah. And I can't <laughs> act like a pussy. So I'm like, oh my god! So she's in the house. She's fucking freaks out, closes the door, and locks it. <laughs> so I'm out of here. Yeah, which is funny to me. That shit like, is not coming inside. Yeah, it's funny to me. Like, why are you locking the door? Like, the yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to open the door. <laughs> Deal with this. But it could You're not have. allowed back in. It could have. That's how big it was. Wow. <laughs> so she's like, you can't come in until you kill it. You yeah. can't come in. So I'm like, fuck, I got to kill this. And I'm like, so I like convince her to let me in the house. I go in the house and I get two pairs of shoes, right? 
Yeah. So I had to get two shoes. Yeah, he needs two. No, it's right. not even, so it's not even a one shoe. But spider. you still have to have your own shoes on. Like I've never been able to kill a spider when I don't have shoes on. Fuck no! If that yeah. thing touches it, your toe. It's on the ground. You're contaminated. I've had one like hit the ground and run at me one oh. time. That was fucked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I walk out there. I had these two pairs of shoes, and she like opens the door just enough so she can get out, closes it real quick. <laughs> and I got the shoes, and she's like, "Come on, you got to kill it, please, before it runs away." And I'm like formulating, like, "All right." Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. I have, I need a plan. It's not on the wall, so I don't have anything behind it where I could just smash it. Yeah. It's suspended. You almost sound like a baseball bat. Well, I'm like, well, you might just knock it away, and then you don't know what happened, right? And by the way- I, I don't was, know what your swing looks like, though. But, but, so. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. By the way- so I'm, throw that I'm, I'm, I'm picturing this right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> this a little, right! A little, yeah. a little spin. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little spin move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wind just like wafts it up. Comes back, hits you in the face. <laughs> little pirouette. So I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like uh, talk to Jessica logically. I'm like, honey, these kinds of spiders are probably all around us outside, which is a good idea to say because then she's really like, ah, they, those things, those are around us. So I'm like, I gotta kill this thing. So I get the two shoes. And I'm thinking like, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna clap. Oh wow, you're gonna, you're gonna sandwich him. I'm gonna clap because there's yeah. no other way. I was hanging. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna God. clap the spider. Wow. Here's the here's the grossest part. She didn't see this because she wasn't close. Enough How to big it. was its butt? Because yeah, the butt was that big. Makes it looks more intimidating. The butt was big, but what was gross was the legs were sharp looking oh, yeah. and jagged and, and striped. Ooh. Striped? This it, is one of those garden spiders. Was it like kind of a white? Kind of color. It was like brownish white. With brownish stripes. white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Stripes yeah, those on are it. creepy. Yeah. So I'm like, so I'm like, I'm gonna clap it. So I put the shoes on my hands. <laughs> you put them on your hands, like inside. Not a bad strategy. Well, your neighbor was like, yeah, not a bad strategy. Going on so out she's, there. she's <laughs> fucking dying of laughter. Oh, she's like, what you? Now, as I'm doing this, I don't know like, if you guys. Or, or. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but when you when you your shoes oh god they create a gap because of the, they're not completely flat. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't realize this. Unless you got some Air Force ones or Chucks, it yeah, wasn't yeah. it wasn't the Air Force ones. No, or chucks. no, no. Yeah. Even your Chucks, they they curve up a little bit, right? Cause sure, sure. You, you don't natural think, arch there. Yeah. So I'm yeah. looking at them. So before I kill the spider, I I put them together. I'm like, there's no there's not enough surface there. I'm gonna miss. This yeah. is not good. Right. So I'm like, what do I do now? So we're we're fucking we're arguing back and forth, and she's cracking up now. You admit the toes, bro. That's what I was thinking, yeah. but then what if it got through the back Ooh, and one of my It could have gone up your arm, yeah. And it was true. up here. It was a terrible angle. It was terrible. Trust me, I was doing all the math in my head. So I got... <laughs> so I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a broom. Oh, God. God, I wish I was there. And I'm going to knock it. This. I'm going to knock it off yeah. the umbrella, off of its little spider web. And then stomp it. And then stomp it. Oh, okay, so... No, that's, be, not, that's a bad be, strategy. Yeah, that's, your yeah. shoe idea was better. Well, because well, now you got them on the run. You you know what? Pissed. Now that I think back to it, and I don't have the 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 fear of being near it. Yeah, you're right. That's a stu- it was a terrible idea. Yeah. But at the moment, it felt better because the um, you know the fucking broom is long. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> right, it's away from you. Yeah, how yeah. far away from no. that motherfucker? Yeah. So I get the broom and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna hit it just hard enough to knock it down and smash it. But when I was about to, and it took me forever, like to fucking muster up the like the courage to do it. When I finally went for it, because I was so like because i don't like spiders i use too much force you know what i'm saying you know uh-huh. what i'm talking about right like yeah. you, you like you can kill a spider with like you, you overswung like this much force right yeah. but because you're like oh you know too much so i hit it and i fucking knock it don't know where it goes flies off <laughs> right 
You have she's, no idea where it is now. She's like, you're not going to come inside unless I know I see yeah. you kill it. No. Like, I, I have to see it die. Now it went into the abyss. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, fuck, I don't know where it went. And, for, and she won't. She's not going to let me inside. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it was on the floor. She saw it, and then I just smashed that thing with my foot. Oh, you got it. Oh. And Yep, and I was the, I was the hero. Uh, <laughs> the great sex afterwards. No, no, I did not deserve sex. I came, I conquered. That was the yeah. that was, that was the most, part of the plan. That was the 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 the, the weakest like spider attack. I mean, it took me a good fifteen minutes to str- to come up with a strategy and the courage. Those things don't. T- so, are, do you guys have yeah. things that you know? Uh, I think Justin mentioned. That. Do you guys have things that the girls are turned on by that you do? Like what? Do you, like, yeah. Like. Is your, I know you. I think you're the fucking when you're working on the house. Yeah, I'm the handy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? Yeah. You know what's so funny about that? Now I mentioned that once. He's got all these upgrades. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always building shit. Walk just so you guys know, I'm just always a, building just shit. Just as walk around the tool yeah. belt in the yeah. kitchen for no yeah. reason. Hey, got, it's, the, it's the Winchester mystery house. I don't, I don't know, honey. But I might have to fix something tonight. It's you know? weird because sometimes you know I'll just like have a a blue jeans belt. and like a tool belt and just no shirt. And I'm like, oh hey, honestly, yeah. Just you know, start hammering nothing. Yeah. Yeah, just, just uh, fixed, uh, fixed the siding on the house earlier works. today. <laughs> no, it's funny because like I I mentioned that one time in the podcast, and then every time like oh I'm working on this, you know, I'll put it on my Instagram or like on, on a story or something. I'll get like every now and occasionally I'll get like a, a, maybe like ten or so like DMs like oh try and get some huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get lucky tonight, huh? Like everybody's on to my fucking scheme. I should have said it. <laughs> yeah. What about Jessica? You, know, you have something that she? Yeah, I just I just take my shirt off, or I just say, uh, or yeah, I just yeah. say sex. <laughs> just have to say the word. You know just I mean? the word. Oh, it's yeah. That's great. Hey, what's up, it's sex? Or just kidding, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or there's this thing I do too, where I just walk in the room. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about you, Adam? Yeah, I think it's the boner. Same. I don't know what to do. I think ah. it's the same thing for you, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, no, but there's certain things that they could treat. I know that like she'll she gets. I mean, she had it last night. Like, there's moments where she catches like, uh, you know, obviously we're together all the time, so she hears conversations. When she hears business conversations, it's pretty funny. So if there's something that I'm like, if I'm communicating with like a another company that we're we're working with, oh, or, she likes that, or an employee, or like she hears me negotiating something, like. She gets all turned on by that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like do, you, a, do you turn it up a little oh, bit? Oh, when well, she's of course. Sometimes they're not even real phone calls, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you fucking take yeah, that listen. shit. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's taking you down twenty percent. No wonder it's <laughs> happening tomorrow. No wonder yeah. you talk all weird when I'm on the phone and yeah. she doesn't know. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, listen, like, why are you ranting listen, on me so hard? We yeah. want to increase by fifteen percent, a quarter over last year. Seventeen. Do this now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decrease those margins. Yeah. I got to go now. What happened? Anyway, I'm not a big fan of. Are you guys cool with spiders? Are you guys? Uh... I mean, I, I'm somewhat like I've I've built up sort of a, a resistance towards them as far as like I used to have that same sort of like Ugh. like super arachnophobia like vibes. But you live in the mountains too. I've had to get used to it. You know, it's like they just are there constantly. Even though I have some guy come by and spray, it's like, and the ones that survive are the fucking biggest ones. You know what I mean? Like those are the ones that like he kills all the little ones, but you know the 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 mega fucking huge you know tarantula type spiders are the ones that stay around. We need to bring back uh, DDT. We need to start yeah. spraying DDT everywhere. Right? Oh, yeah, you guys a are you guys, Agent Orange you guys are, uh, yeah. in my backyard. <laughs> little, yeah, little just, just get rid of everything. Do you guys know the whole? You know in DDT back in the day. <laughs> so you know DDT is that famous pesticide that they used to spray and everything. And, and do you know what the original commercials for DDT were? No. They would have these commercials where they would show. I'm not making this up. This is like in the 19. Doug is when's DDT? Doug, 40s and 50s probably. Was oh, that a, far back? 
I thought I thought this was like a wrestling move. No, like it used to be it was like a radio commercial. Wasn't that Jake the Snake? Didn't he do the DDT? Yeah, he did the DDT move. Jake the Snake yeah. Roberts. Is it DDT or DBT? No, DDT. What did it stand yeah. for? Oh, it's a chemical I thought it was name. Like Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, that's no, DDT. no, no. DDT is a insecticide. Eighteen seventy four. Got invented. <laughs> you Doug was that old. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Doug, when you were 13 years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. But anyway, so they showed, I saw these old commercials for it where they were promoted and say it's perfectly, this is, remember, when the- Well, uh, it was canceled in 1972. It was. So it was going on in, but, in the 60s. But when the, when the Industrial Revolution really took off, uh, it was like anything that scientists did, everybody was behind because science yeah. was this new like thing for everybody. It was exciting. Yeah. And so d they would, so they believed scientists. So they, they came out with these commercials where they would show, I'm not lying- Scientists eating spoonfuls of it to show how safe it was. <laughs> so oh they'd like, my! They'd be God. like, "It's so safe," and they'd eat it, and then they'd yeah. and then they'd fucking blow it on kids. So, oh when, my God! Oh, that was a commercial. That's so not, horrible. Not dude. just commercial. This was policy. Uh. So, in in a lot of poor areas. So, like my dad when he was a kid, and when my grandfather was a, was a kid, especially my grandfather when he was younger. He says that because lice and shit was a big deal, especially in these poor communities where my grandpa yeah. was very, very poor. They'd fucking, you, they would either shave your head or when DDT came out, they'd line the kids up for school. It, it's a wonder we all survived. They'd line the kids up and they'd fucking, they'd, <laughs> blast them with, they'd blast them with DDT powder or put it in their hair. That's, Just, her, that's horrific. Yeah. They used to do this shit to everybody and spray, spray yeah. it all over the place. Oh, yeah. We, we knew nothing back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah what yeah. the fuck? You, you know what I did find out, though, that was, was tripping me out? I heard this on a podcast. Uh, like, how how old? Uh, car phones. Like, the first car phone. Do you know when that came around? The Why? very first car phone? It was phone? before the 1920s. What? What? What are you talking about? Look that up, Doug. This, I was like, no fucking way. They, they invented it before that. Was it was it the was it the cup with the string? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like they, they did like the, that game telephone. Yeah, a car phone in the nineteen twenty. Get out of here! That's no way. Yeah, right. That's what I said. It was probably a uh, probably like a CB type phone. No, yeah. please. It was wow. first used in St. Louis in nineteen forty six. Well, you were only twenty something years. No, old. No, that's that's <laughs> when it was used. But when it was actually invented. He's all he's all. That's before cars were invented. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Wow. No shit. I didn't know that though. Yeah. I remember when I when, when well shit look when, at him but I just think of it as like the brick you know from uh, Wall Street you know it had that like one car phone that would look like a my uncle had brick. one when I was a kid he was a painter and he used to in his paint truck he had one yeah. and it was a big deal bro you know how expensive phone so, calls were back then oh yeah it was so I remember we used to get in trouble as kids because me and my cousin we used to get in the car and we used to fuck around on it all the time and he'd freak out yeah because that's for business only oh, you can't dude. use that bro a ten minute phone call cost like thirty bucks back then. <laughs> I'm not even. I mean, oh, look at meet uh, the 1920 radio enthusiast right there. Look oh, it was yeah, a, it went it through was radio. radio phone. Was, wow. Okay, so what the hell is he holding right there? A little bit different, but interesting. Yeah, still interesting. I didn't yeah, know. Do you yeah, but I didn't know when back way far back like that. that you want to hear something crazy, even a little off topic, but speaking of crazy stuff, is uh, right now there's this big thing happening right now. So this is I'm helping my audience out right here. So how many times? And Justin, you're notorious for this. You probably did the most out of us going to like Pete's or you know, Starbucks yeah, and yeah. working on your laptop. Mm -hmm. So you know what the new thing is, is it's becoming extremely popular for people to steal laptops. And I mean, like literally right in front of you, steal it. And so what they're doing, because they, you have all these people in coffee shops and it's such a busy little thing and people are so distracted with their electronics where you'll look down at your phone and you're texting and you have your computer also in front of you. The moment you look, Swipe it up they just grab it and take off running. Get out of here. And then- and, Oh, and run. And run and gone. Where? Like what areas? It's happening everywhere. 
No way. Yeah, yeah. So it's happening all over the in Berkeley right now. It's actually they're they're mandating cops to have to be hanging around all these coffee shops because of it's happening so much. Can I just tell you what I would do to Damn. someone if I caught them running with my computer? Yeah. <clears throat> you know what I mean? The beatdown that would happen. Oh yeah. Just instinctually, not because this I think this is why you need to train to run. With that's me. the that's the problem. Yeah, we gotta get that's you sprinting. Like like if 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 I see them do it in the first. 10 feet, they're going to get caught. After that, exactly. I'm, after that, I'm going to throw something. Well, I think that's, Try I th- and hit them with I think that's, oh, what, I I think that's probably what happens, right? I mean, you, I mean, think about that. You're sitting down at a coffee shop, you have a coffee, you're probably like, you know, you got your, something in your lap or your notes mm-hmm. and you got your iPhone and you look down just for a second and someone grabs that. Have you, have you seen the videos go from, crazy, dude. bro, you know where it's, where that kind of theft is terrible? Brazil. Have you ever seen oh, the really? videos from Brazil? So, because Brazil is, you know, you should see the videos on this. There's videos on all this. Oh, look up, look up. It makes me angry. Laptop thefts, uh, Berkeley, Doug, and see, see, see what you get. Oh, dude, in Brazil, they have, they have these, uh, these, you know, videos of where people are walking, holding their purse, and a, like a kid will walk up, rip the purse out of hand, and just run away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you'll chase them, chase them, but you're not going to catch. Well, the kid. it kind of makes sense. I mean, it's thousands of dollars right away versus them having to go. Like, I mean, when you're robbing a bank or whatever, don't they have just like a specific, a couple, like, a, like a couple thousand, like, yeah. at their disp- disposal, no. and that's it? You no. know, this is way less risky. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, I hate to say something like brilliant because it's fucking <laughs> fucked up, but it's, yeah. I mean, if as a thief, it's a, it's a pretty smart strategy. To go around ripping off these laptops. See, look at this video of these. You know, you're sitting there, look at doing school notes. Look at you. Look down for a second. Well, the scary part is, is that they can take all of your information, then sell your information on top of that with your laptop. So your laptop has like all of your shit on it. You know, mm-hmm. if they can, if they can hack their way through it or sell it to somebody who's trying to like steal your identity. Wow. So, See that? That's what I'd be worried Just about. Gone. Yeah. Bolted. Wow. Wow. Look at that. That's that would make me, that makes me very upset, very very angry. I, you know, it's you know what's crazy to me is and that poor nerdy kid that's on the lap. You know what I'm saying? Look at, right. And why did he stop running after him? That's all I want. I think because you're just like he's you're probably in shock. He's, he's probably thinking, he's got flip flops too. He's like fuck. There's no yeah. way. And he's probably thinking, what am I going to do if I do catch the guy? Yeah. Oh look, that guy got caught right there. See, he'd get he, there would be a beatdown right there, instant. Yeah, I'm not just hugging him. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Hug you so hard he can't breathe. Yeah. You know, it's it's. In my belief, oh wow, yeah, they're getting a fight on that one, huh? In my belief is is uh, violence, theft, and property damage should be the the highest punishments of all crimes. Mm-hmm. In my belief, and I think it's crazy that you know, like in California, for example, I don't know if you guys know this. If someone breaks into your house and you're not home, and they steal less than, I think it's less than a thousand dollars or something like that, it's no longer like that big of a deal. Oh, they don't do shit, bro. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they, I think if someone breaks in your house, even if you're not home, that should be a very big deal. Mm-hmm. That's a major uh, you yeah, know, huge intrusion. violation. You know, I've, talk, I've talked about it. I've had two of my cars stolen. And I remember the first one, I was in shock and I was pissed. The second one, I was like, oh, fuck, whatever. You know, they, they don't do anything about it. They come and they write a report. There's no nobody goes out and, and the only yeah. other way <laughs> it's not it's not like CSI. No, <laughs> it reminds me of that movie where he's like leads. Yeah, <laughs> and he starts like cracking up. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have any leads. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like that. They don't they do not do it. the only way. Okay, so like if you're a, if you steal a car, all you have to do is drive the speed limit. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> so, like yeah. if you get pulled over and they run the plates, yeah, and you don't you don't match the but. I mean, when was the last time one of you guys got pulled over? Like, just fucking drive safe. You steal a car, drive safe, and you fucking fine, dude. Oh, man. That's how crazy that is. They don't show up with the white gloves and everything. Pick up, oh, look at that. I know. Yeah. Take yeah. to the, yeah. to the lab. Well, samples. you know what pissed me off on the second one was my neighbor, like, 
you know, four or five houses down actually had a camera outside of his house. So you could you watch my truck get fucking jacked. Yeah. Did you watch the video? Yeah. Oh, I watched it. Hold on a second. You watched someone get into your truck? And yes. Take, now, did you recognize did they have the, the license plate? No, you can't. See, that's a problem. The uh, camera wasn't damn. detailed. But, I mean, you saw the type of, you saw what uh, it was. It was a dark, it was either a dark blue or that's black. That's worse that you saw that. Yeah, I know. Suburban. And you see them, they, they get into my truck. They, the, the, How'd they get in? They popped the door. The, those Chevy, those, that year. So, I had a 2000, and this was my 04 uh, lifted Chevy that I had. And I guess... You know, it's really common in these to you can pop the door handle and get in like really easy. You know, that's what I mean. These guys are smart. They they figure out what cars are the most combat. That's I, true. I had mm-hmm. the Acura Integra, which was like up there with the top three easiest cars to steal. So, you know, two times I've had I've happened to have the vehicle that is ends up being. And that's like, why you use the club. <laughs> yeah, that's what Dude, they said, bro. Yeah. That's what the cop told me. Cop yeah. told me that on, on the second one, he says. Says you know the best thing you can because I was like I was pissed because I had an alarm on that one really nice alarm on that one I'm like what the fuck do I have this alarm for if that <laughs> yeah does, does it, it even, didn't even go off yeah you know he tells me he goes you know honestly he goes the number one uh, deterrent from uh, theft is a club hmm. he goes you put a club on there and the likelihood of you getting your car or stolen. stick shift <laughs> yeah that, that's, that's true no now it's that for what sure what about the what's that one tracking thing called oh i had that yeah i had that on my i had that on my didn't dude once it gets elevated on a like um so here's the funny thing oh about because like a tow truck yes they so there's a hack low, to, low jack right? yes yeah so there's a hack to those because <laughs> they jack. because they, you're yeah. it's it's they're set to where if if your car gets towed that it's not supposed to you know the alarm go off or some bullshit so wow. by where they lift it up so there's a way you can you can hack that so even if you have that bullshit Low jack or whatever, it doesn't work, dude. Yeah, they all suck. The club, go spend fifty bucks on a. I fucking- wish it was like a detonation device. You know what I mean? Oh, someone stole my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're dead. <laughs> car, car's gone, but they're dead. Well, we should be able to do you know, that. Some uh, shit like that. That would be cool. I'm upset, but I'm yeah. also relieved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> justice was served. <laughs> Imagine though how many oh, people it's like, fucked up. It just, it just, yeah. it just blows in fire. It blows up in, in flames. Hey, it's my yeah. car. I should be able to yeah. blow it up. You know what I'm saying? That's true. <laughs> it's That's my fucking car. You're right. Right. My right. My car. That's my a blow brilliant up. idea, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's my, my goddamn car. There's this one. Fuck. There's this one on uh, this guys on YouTube. I don't know what the channel. It's kind of fucked up, but it's also kind of funny. Where they they go to a park or somewhere and they get like a bike, like a nice bike, and they'll lean it up against the tree. And then they'll they'll set up a it's kind of fucked up, right? They set up a uh, airbag device under the seat. So oh, you guys, man. you guys know airbags come yes. out with tremendous force. Yeah, tremendous force. He probably got catapulted to space. And so what they do is they have these cameras. They mounted. do it. This would be yes. so fun. Uh-huh. And and they'll and these are people, those catch people trying to steal their bike and they'll jump on the bike and try and run away. <laughs> then what they'll do is they'll run after the guy and say, "Hey, it's my bike." And then the guy will ride faster and then they'll push the button and it just. Boom. Get the fuck and, out yeah, of here. Yeah, on the floor like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, it's right? Up. It's so great. Uh, that is not uh, fucked up. Fuck yeah. you, no. you stole a bike, dude. That's it. There's another one where they had it where they they, they tied it like a rope to the bike to the tr- to the tree, but you couldn't see that it was on there. Mm. And they lead, they leaned the bike up against the tree that was on a hill. So naturally the person would get on the bike and go down the hill as fast as they could. <laughs> yeah. So see, then they're riding and then they chase Why isn't that- there a reality TV oh, show there like it is. cops but where they just like set people like criminals up there it is right there look yeah look, look, look. so these guys no no <laughs> watch, watch this they try and get away and then he's like ah 
<laughs> it's like his ass exploded. Look at him. Oh my god. <laughs> he's holding his Bro, he's holding his tailbone like, oh god. It's dude, fucked that, up. that is the uh, best prank ever. It's uh, fucked up. Yeah. He's like, uh, man. Yeah, the, yeah. Anyway, there's there's a lot uh, of these there's a lot of these videos where see, I wish we could, oh, uh, it kind of went off a little bit and scared him. Yeah. Anyway. Good times. Yeah, that's good. They're all. They're all. Really I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, that's funny. I don't, man. If if you're stealing someone's shit, dude, yeah, like fuck you. There's got to be a deterrent there, right? That'll teach. You yeah. know, that's a lesson that they just well, had to learn. Dude, you know what it is? It's like, you know, nowadays a lot of people they're not stealing because they need it. You know, because that's different, right? Not that it necessarily justifies it, but right. You know, if you're trying to feed your family or whatever. But it's not. It's a lot of these kids just just taking advantage of other people. Yeah, that's you know that's exactly what it is. That's the thing that really no, it's almost out. always that dude. It's rare that someone is is stealing for survival these days. Yeah. It's just someone coming up, dude. Well, my it's house got sad. my house got broken into a while ago. That was a it's a it's a fucked up situation when that happened. No, hell no, yeah. bro. It's hella shitty, dude. That feeling that you have when someone's taking something from you, it's an awful feeling. Well, the worst part of it for me was because they stole a bunch of stuff. There was two things that happened that really. Like really affected me. It, one was they took my son's piggy bank. I remember my, my 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 son at the time was how old was he? Seven. So imagine the little you know seven year old going in, in in his room and and he knows that we got broken into it and they stole his piggy bank. Oh. And then the other thing that really pissed me off because I, I was married at the time, right? They rifled through my wife's like, underwear drawer and threw her underwears everywhere. Like they just have no soul. Trying to find something, obviously, but you know, you're yeah. like, oh, you went through my my wife's underwears and you went in my son's room and stole his piggy bank yeah. that had like, you know, fifty dollars worth of change that he's been saving for the last few years. Yeah. Really, really infuriating. Really oh, infuriating. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh, this is my shit. Did you guys see that thing I shared on my Insta story about the the new law that they're gonna try and pass in California for hospitals? No. So they're gonna they're gonna make they're gonna pass a law that's gonna make it mandatory for all hospitals to offer a vegan option for patients. Oh yeah, I did see this. Yeah, so they're gonna make it mandatory. Not that. So you, explain why that's so bad. So I'm glad you asked. So it's because not because it, 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 you know first hearing that it doesn't sound bad like a bad thing. Right, right, right. Like, right. like you're we're gonna tell people that like they should have this option. It's only fair, you know, if someone's a vegan and they're in the hospital, sure. so why couldn't they have Sure, sure. Because it's not it's not they're not forcing that all the meals have to be vegan. Right, right. Now that would be fucked up if like, all of them had to be sure, vegan, but they offer the, more options. Yeah, they're forcing so that the that the that the the hospital has to offer the vegan option. Now here's here's why uh, a lot of laws like this pass first off on its face people think like what you just said right like well why that's why is that so bad it's just an option and it's because people don't understand uh, the unintended consequences that happen from legislation that doesn't match uh, market demand so let's say and here's what a lot of people need to understand a lot of hospitals are private most of them are and they will provide, uh, what the their customers right. kind of demand? If, if they're if they're declining because everybody now are vegans and they were serving still meat and that was the only thing they're serving, eventually they go out of business if they continued that way. And yeah. so they'd have to change their. So ways. number one, if 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 hospitals are getting a large demand for vegan options, they they will provide them. If a hospital doesn't have a market demand, then they won't provide a, a vegan option. Now, if a law comes out and says no. Regardless of market demand, we don't care if your customers ask for it or not. We don't care if this you think you see that there's viability in this. You must offer a vegan option. It is a a waste of resources. So I'll I'll flip this a little bit. Imagine if there was a law that said 
uh, Mind Pump must provide vegan food options for the for for people. It would be a total waste of money for us. We'd buy all these vegan meals that we're required to buy. We'd have to store them, mm-hmm. and then nobody would eat them, and, and then we throw and then we throw them yeah. away, or a small percentage of people would, or a tiny bit, and then yeah. we'd have to throw them away. And so this is the problem. Now the problem is that these hospitals now have to provide this option, which means they have to buy this food or provide some of it, which which obviously they don't have a market demand for, so they're not going to be able to sell them or whatever. And that cost gets doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's not like hospitals are just you know cre- getting this free food. They pass the co- the cost on to all everybody else who's using that hospital. And this is why prices go up. So what they've essentially done with this law is they haven't helped anybody. All they've done, or maybe they've helped a small percentage of people, that small percentage that, you know, maybe a hospital, one out of every 20 demands vegan, but it's not enough to justify the cost. That person now benefits, but all the other 19 people have to pay for this extra cost of food that is going to go bad or not be used or whatever. And this is this is the problem with, with, with fucking laws like this. The other part of it is the moral issue that I have, which is it's my business. I'll provide what I want. If people don't want it, they won't they, they don't. If they do, they right, do go to, go to the hospital that does. That's it. Right. Right. That's really infuriating to me that we you know, we continue to do shit like that. And then to, to add insult to injury. Well it's not like they haven't been accommodating already either. Like as far as like, you know, trying to give them some you know, well if if, if you're vegan and you're trying to get like, you know, some food, they're gonna accommodate and try to modify as best they can. And then and then let's take it a step further, okay? Here's a great question. Does the government or the state have a good track record on promoting what is healthy with, with, with <laughs> yeah. nutrition or anything? Right? Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Terrible. They're yeah, never never been on point. They're terrible. Well, In it's, fact, it's hard you- for the average person to to see that deep into it. Like you see something pop up and like, again, like I sounds good. Yeah. It sounds like, Oh, okay. This is cool. Like, yeah, they should have to provide more options, but you just don't think deeper into that. What does that mean? And who's really, who's really benefiting from that? You know, bro. I think every restaurant should, you know, should give uh, families with two kids 15% off. You know, that makes sense for me. I think that sounds good, right? All families, if you have two kids or more, it makes, but it, it it doesn't make sense. It only makes sense if the market can support it. Otherwise, it's a waste of resources. Yeah. And we're you might, it's and like it you're adding business. You're adding a tax. You're just right. adding a tax onto something. And again, uh, government's got a terrible track record of promoting what is healthy. <clears throat> terrible track record. In fact, your health would probably be very bad if you followed government's recommendations, especially the food pyramid stuff like that. You'd probably have, you know, you would be eating a lot of margarine. When, especially when I was a kid, you'd be eating oh, lots yeah. of vegetable oils. Your diet would be comprised of mostly All wheat, processed yeah. grains. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be that healthy. And so I can pretty much guarantee what most of these vegan meals are going to look like. Right, they're, they're going to be corn, yeah. soy, exactly. bread, vegetable oil, which they already have. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm saying yep. like they're not going. It's not like they're going to provide like any like awesome you know, fresh vegan fresh, like like restaurant grade. You know, yeah. it's fucking hospital food. Yep, and, and on it's going to be dog shit to begin with. And on top of it, when you're a vegan and vegans who are listening know exactly what I'm talking about, you can eat a vegan diet and be healthy, but it takes way more planning because you have to match and mix certain foods to provide the right nutrients. There's certain nutrients that are just not found in vegetables, or at least not in large quantities. And so the, the hospital, you really think they're going to go out and give you give these people who, yeah. you know, it's not the same. It's not the same. So it's not even going to be that good. Doug, you just Doug, you just pulled up the the health IQs uh, quiz thing, and it looks different. Is it is it a different quiz, or is it the same quiz that we did before? 
I'm not sure, honestly. Because the, the image is definitely different. Is it is it more related to like the foods and stuff? Can you hit the start quiz? Or is it going to be too much? Yeah, to I'll do that. Yeah, I want to see if it's if it's different or not. Yeah, for Health the, IQ is the they're uh, bringing this back. Though. Just for people who don't know, it's uh, Health IQ is a company we work with that provides life insurance, uh, but the market that they work with are fit and healthy people. So you take this quiz on their website, and you you know it tells you how how good your health IQ is, and their prices are you know the the the, the pool of people they work with are fit and healthy people. So your prices for life insurance are pretty much lower than anywhere else we we could find. And Doug used yeah. to work in the insurance inju- industry, and he um, well that was part of how we decided we were going to li- align with them was we had Doug. I mean, because let's wow, be honest, look at this. Uh, look, look at the second question you ask. So here's part of the quiz. Yes, yeah, it's changed. The quiz yeah. is a little bit different. You can answer the kind of diet you have: vegetarian, pescatarian, vegan, paleo. Mediterranean diet, low carb diet, intermittent fasting, gluten free, lactose free, alcohol free. Uh, do you take supplements? Then it asks you about your workouts, walk, run, cycling, swimming, triathlon, yoga, Pilates. Do you lift weights? I mean, it's just phenomenal. And yeah. in, in all it's of way this- more specific than just like how often do you move? Right. You know, like yeah. that used to be like the sort of standard yep. uh, as far as these questions yep. are and concerned. And you should have life, you should get life insurance, especially if you have family. Yeah. You know, a lot of people do too with life insurance. I, I just talked to uh, Jessica's dad, was bringing this up. A lot of people will get in a policy on, so like if you're a kid, you'll get it on your on your parent or you'll get it on someone else mm. because, you know, if something happens to them, then you'll get, you know, money knowing that, okay, something happens to them, I need to have money to pay for the funeral, I need to have money to pay for these. Oh, oh. you can do that for them? I mean, do they have to sign off on it or? I'm not sure. You have to have what's called an insurable interest. So you have to be like a parent. Hmm. Uh, or a, a child, or something like well, that. Wait so a you just can't do some random person. No, no, no. Off the no but wait a second, though. That's that's no, that's it. that's interesting. <laughs> On a to policy, me, though. Like, Adam. Yeah. Like I think about my mom, like right away as she's get, as she gets older and stuff. And yeah, you could get a policy on her. Wow, mm-hmm. she has I to did. qualify for it. She has to qualify for it. Yeah, she has to qualify. Uh, so does she fill it still all out? I don't understand. Like, and I'm just well, you'd for... have to help her with the application process, probably. Okay, and then she'd probably have to do an exam. But then sure you're paying for it in a but sense. But then you can pay for yeah. it. You can be the owner of the policy. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes a, a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes I, my, a lot of sense. my uncle is actually, you know, always talking to me about this. And, and, and he's like, hey, you know, you know I, I, I look at your relationship with uh, your mom. It's very similar to my relationship with my mom. And he goes, you know, I, I had took a care of her. Like my uncle really took on everything financially at the end. And I know it was a, a major burden amount of money that he had to to fork out to really help her through those last probably five, 10 years of her life. And so I think about that all the time. And I think like, dude, do I start like right now, like putting money aside, like thinking like that, like mm-hmm. we're, but I didn't know that. Yeah, And then, and know, then you I could maybe recoup some of it. Or, yeah. No, you're right, Adam. You know, the cost of healthcare, it, when they look at the total cost of healthcare for an individual, the vast majority of the cost occurs for the last, I think five years, something like that. Mm-hmm. It becomes very expensive oh, yeah. to take mm-hmm. care of your parents. Mm-hmm. No, it's ex- it was yeah, extremely yeah. expensive. And yeah. I remember seeing him and watching him go through all that. And it's like, and then the rest of the family, no one really thinks about it. It's like, oh yeah, he's taking care of it. It's Bro, like- my ex-wife's grandmother, when she got sick, you know, she was healthy, healthy, healthy. And then she had a stroke and they had, she had to reverse mortgage her house. And it was something like, she had to have someone there take care of her. Everybody has families and jobs, so it's not like they can. So it was like something like eighty or ninety thousand dollars a year 
just to have someone part time come take no, care of him. No, he was like seven that. grand a month, dude. Seven grand a month is what he was paying for those last few years, and I'm like, fuck, that's a lot, dude. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. a that's a lot to not be prepared for and stuff. So, yeah, so I think wow, I did not know that. That's that's actually really cool. You have to yeah, look into that. Uh, anyway, anyway, it's it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good organization, I think. You know, when I first had uh, li- when I first got life insurance years ago, I remember when they weighed me. You know, uh, BMI can be pretty high with a with a muscular individual. No, yeah, we come across as obese. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know. So you know, but, but then you know, I had I called them and talked. That's to why there was such a need for a company like this that actually st- started to you know address like really healthy people because mm-hmm. that that shit those yeah. those little graphs or charts have been because us guys who have muscle. Yeah, we're they they definitely will you know flag you down as like high BMI. Well, she, oh, that equals unhealth. Girls too. It's I like, mean, Katrina on. is the same way too. I mean, she she yeah. her, her weight and it's it's much higher than most people would think it Dude, is. Dude, that's probably. a that's a big one. I I, I remember um, I used to do I used to have this trainer that worked for me that was really muscular, and whenever I do a, a sales you know presentation or something to a potential new client, oh, you use her weight as an I example. would because I they, the same they thing. would talk all about it, like how much weight they want to lose. And I say, look, building muscle is one of the best things you could do. It speeds up your metabolism, muscles dense. You're not going to be bigger. You're just going to be really tight and toned and all that stuff. And then I call this trainer that worked for me over and I tell them, I'd say, can you guess her body weight? And they'd be like, uh, 115, you know, one, 117, whatever. But like, she's 150 pounds. You know what I mean? She's a full mm-hmm. 40 pounds, you know, 30, 40 pounds heavier yeah, than you, than you think. think. And then they'd, they'd freak out and we'd walk over the scale and we'd weigh them and then boom. They would, yeah. they, would, they would get it right. I used to use the same. Did strategy. you really? Yeah. Well, I had I actually had a female trainer that was like 175 pounds, but she was like 11 percent body fat. She looked freaking amazing, mm-hmm. but she was just solid, solid legs, very. And if you were to guess her weight, you would you would maybe just you guess 130. You know, so mm-hmm. I used to do that all the time with mm-hmm. clients because you get a female client coming in that weighs 180 pounds, and they think in their head like. I want to lose 50 pounds. It's like, well, it's less about you losing 50 pounds. It's about changing your body, body composition. composition. You know? mm-hmm. I meant to ask you, Adam, you had a phone call with Organifi yesterday? Oh, yeah. 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 How'd that go? Can we talk about this on air? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about it. So, <clears throat> um, there's well, there's two things I talked to them about. One, I was, I was sharing with them uh, the success of the campaign that we had with LifeAid and how well that went and seeing if they could muster up uh, something similar uh, with their gold juice, their green juice, and their like red juice. Yeah, yeah, like some sort of a sampler for really cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, you know, just the Life Aid thing did extremely well, and our, our, our people love it, and they loved it. You know so. which one wins people over right away is the gold juice. Oh, well, yeah. Right? Wins everybody over. I, I've noticed that too, yeah. Well, I saw, you know, I don't know. It was one of the last episodes I, I mentioned the thing that you put me on, which, by the way, I had last night again too, and I sleep like a <laughs> Have baby. you tried it yet? Almond milk? Warm mm-hmm. almond milk? Oh, it's ridiculous. I have, yeah. You whisk yeah. it too. I'm all about that. You have like my the, little whisker, and it gets it all frothed up. Sleep Sleep elixir. Yeah. Yeah. No. Big time. So I talked to them about that. um, And then the other thing I talked to them about, which was really exciting because um, they seemed very receptive to it and um, it's going to be something they discussed. So I don't want to put it out there that this is for sure at all, but it is something that I thought they would be a great partnership with this. And that's, you know, we talked, we just did an episode recently where we answered creatine and creatine is, if there's something that we all have consistently probably used over the life of our fitness career, um, it's creatine. Creatine's and a health supplement. It's, yeah. It used to be just a muscle building supplement, but now yeah. we know that there's a lot of health benefits to it. So, and if there were to be a supplement that we would, that would be a you know quote unquote performance, but then like you said, staple, yeah, type of supplement, it would be like that. And we always talked about too, if we were to do it, it wouldn't be some bullshit like, you know, what's the latest and greatest you know type of creatine and 
you know, getting into that. It's like we would literally do like in just a organic, pure, raw version of that. And I said, you know, it's kind of crazy. You guys don't offer that because you already have the vegan protein. And so I would imagine you have a lot of vegan people that are consuming your products. Like it would be smart. Vegan, vegans benefit a lot from taking crazy. If you're a vegan or vegetarian, especially vegan, because vegetarians will some, you know, have dairy and there's a little bit of creatine in that. But if you're a vegan, supplement with creatine and the odds are it'll not just forget muscle mass and all that stuff because yeah, I'll get stronger and all that. Cognitive boost from your me. Cognitive boost and, be, and you'll feel better. So I, cause I got, after we aired that episode, I got messages from, uh, from maybe like four messages from vegans who said that they had, when they went vegan after about six months, they started getting, um, anxiety or depression or just these weird, uh, mental symptoms. They started supplementing creatine and it went away. And, and that's actually, uh, one of them actually told me that their doctor recommended it. She went mm -hmm. vegan. She started having these symptoms. The doctor put her on creatine. Because we're finding now that you know that's it's essential. It's almost essential. If, if you're low in it, you just you're not going to feel good. Well, I know we have a ton of a ton of our audience that already takes it anyways. I've sent people all over the place to different brands and stuff like that that I've taken in the past and I like. And so I told Organifi, I said, you know, even if it was something that you guys weren't going to do as a full product line for yourself, you know, I'd be interested in in uh, doing some sort of a white label with you. And they said, oh, well, we already do that, so we could. Definitely do something they're like good, that. They're, good, they're a good company. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. You know, maybe a bunch of people will go over to their page and be like, "Mind pump and creatine." You know, start like hyping them up yeah. so they want to do it more. But uh, we'll see. What are you doing, man? What if they see the demand? They're like, "Now nah, we'll do it ourselves." <laughs> <laughs> good job, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, you know, for me, I want a. It's our idea. I want a source that I can point people in. And I feel like I've been hooking up all these other companies for a really long time, and it's like you know they're a partner of ours. You know, we have we have a lot of love and respect for Organifi. We like what they're doing. They've been a great partner uh, for some time, and if we can, you know, point our audience in their direction, and even if it doesn't really financially benefit us, if it's a product that we can trust. Because for me, it's like about how it's being sourced and put together. And we know that they, right. mm -hmm. we, we don't have the time and resources to pull that off yeah, just like no, internally. No, so none like of us, we need help. None of us yeah. have ever wanted to get into the supplement business. I'm not trying to be trying to get into that. And I have no desire to get into the shipping and packaging and manufacturing and all that garbage. So, uh, yeah, no. So that, uh, that was a conversation. It went really, really well. Um, and, you know, they'll, they're supposed to get back to me. I'm supposed to talk to them later next week. And so I'll keep the audience posted on what's going on. But pretty exciting if that Good happens. Deal. Yeah, that would be. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O R G A N I F I.com. And use the coupon code MindPump for 20% off at checkout. Our first question is from Double Zero Silk Drop. Why is it that someone's ten rep weight can be so close to their one to three rep weight? Mm. This was a cool question. I picked this question um, because you actually you see this a lot, and uh, I, I definitely experienced this because I was somebody who trained um, a ton in the the ten rep range and got really good at it. Right, got really really strong and good in the hypertrophy phase. Like if you stay in that 10 to 12 rep range for a really long time, like, yeah, your strength will also progress. Even though it's a hypertrophy phase and it's leaning more towards that kind of the pump, you will get stronger 100% mm -hmm. from uh, training in the 10 to 12 rep range. And I did for a long time and I would watch, and we'll use like my bicep curls for an example, right? So like it's an easy thing for people to visualize. 
or no, a bench press. That's an easy, simple one where I noticed this where I could get up to the point where I could do 225, I could get it up to 10 reps, right? Well, then I would, then I finally moved into the, you know, one to three rep range and I couldn't get that much more weight. Like mm-hmm. I could get a little bit more weight, but not much more weight. And a lot of that is because, and we talk about this and, you know, again, there's this, you know, how much do we know about the central nervous system? But that's really what I attribute uh, a lot of that to is when you train in that hypertrophy phase and that kind of that pump type of training so much, and you don't train a lot of strength training, you don't have that ability to summon all the strength that you need in order to lift that really heavy weight. So then even when you go down in rep range, you have that that central nervous system hasn't adapted to that to get everything firing at once to lift it. And it took a while before I, I could learn to do, my body could learn to do that. And then I started to see my your, strength go your up. Your body, uh, it's funny too, because I was the opposite. For I loved training in the low rep range and I did it for years in the one to four rep range. And I'd lift tons of weight at that at that you know at that rep range, and then when I'd go to ten reps, I'd have to lower the fuck out of the weight. I'd oh, have yeah. to bring it yeah. way down, super humbly for the exact same reason, right? For yeah. the same exact reason, yeah. and it did just didn't make even to do six reps, I'd have to lower it way down. And it's you know your body actually models itself off of what you do a lot of, and this is it's just mm-hmm. very specific. Your body adapts in very specific ways. You can and you know people listening. Okay, for the MMA guys who are listening right now. The, remember the first, if you were for, let's say you were a jiu-jitsu guy and you had great stamina on the mats and then you went and did your first boxing class or whatever and all of a sudden your fucking stamina yeah you're sure you're better you're in better shape than the average person but all of a sudden you're like you're you're gassed and you're like yeah. what the hell's going on I could roll for an hour straight but you know 10 minutes now and I'm 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 gassing out it's a whole new set of commands you're telling your body to do it's totally same thing with the boxer who went to the the, the went to the ground or the yeah. the cyclist who tried to swim or or whatever or again, the powerlifter who tried to bodybuild, or the bodybuilder who tried to powerlift. Your body's very specific with how it adapts. Now, why is this important to to understand? Well, I think there's two reasons why this is important to understand. One is if you're an athlete or you have a specific goal, it's good to know. It's good to know that if you want to maximize your performance for a particular event, that you're going to model your training around that particular type of performance, and you're not mm-hmm. going to waste time on a lot of other ones aside from maybe some of the crossover benefit that you may get. So that's important. But here's the other reason why it's important, and this is probably for most people listening. If you're like the average person who's working out, you don't necess- you're not a competitor. You're not competing in a particular sport. You really don't care too much about maximizing performance in one specific small short bandwidth. What you're looking for is changing how your body looks. You want to build muscle. You want to burn body fat. You want to sculpt your body. Well, that's the key word. Yes. Why is it important? Exactly. It's important because if, you, if you're just specific in one particular short bandwidth, you move out of that bandwidth into something that's a, that's a little bit different where now your body has to get used to it. The potential for adaptation or the potential for growth or fat loss is massive. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. and it's actually a good sign when you see this. That means you needed to make that change. Yes. Yeah. So that and and what people tend to do when they when they first feel this or notice this is they go they revert back to their other way because they're like, oh well, shit, I was doing ten reps with almost the same weight. I may as well do ten reps. Like, no, what you should do is stay in that three to five rep range and watch even, how much your strength goes right up. and yeah. keep trying to increase the strength slowly over time. It will eventually get adapted, and then you will get stronger and you will increase your weight. And so that's a, it's a, it's not a bad sign. It's it's just a major flag that hey, 
you've gotten really good at, at, at sticking in that 10 rep range, and this is a good sign that your body is is wanting and needing for you to train in that strength totally. yeah strength phase. This yeah. happened. I mean, like the, the law of specificity is a law. You know, I, th- I feel like a lot of times said principle right here. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times you know we we present a lot of concepts and. Um, you know, people get distracted by uh, what's flashy and what's what's you know they see other people doing in terms of sports or in terms of like their pursuits, and you know it can be very uh, alluring. Like I want to try this out, but you know there is there is definitely um, an advantage to sticking to something until you realize you know your body's in, like goal with this is to be as efficient as possible with this process, and that really helps to get very specifically uh, driven forward in that pursuit, that one pursuit. But, you know, you're going to hit a you're going to hit a sort of a, a point of diminishing return where um, you do need to interject uh, change. And so if you're if you're going so far in one direction to where it's like, you know, now you're not getting any more progress, you know, you know, going forward, you know, this is definitely but now what we're trying to talk about is how to stay ahead of that right? and how to look, you know, to when to change. And it applies, it applies to anything. So I'll give you another great example. Here's a great analogy. So uh, if you, let's say you trained uh, back squats and front squats all the time. For most people, if you train them both all the time and you get good at them, you're going to still be able to back squat more than you can front squat. The leverage is much better. Now, I'm going to throw a number out there, and this may be, this is probably roughly where it's at for most people, but it's not accurate for everybody. But you sh- you probably should be able to front squat, if you train as much as your back squat, anywhere between 65 to 75% of what you can back squat. So let's just say that's your number. Let's just use a solid 75%. Now, let's say you're somebody that only ever back squats and you never front squat. Then you go try out a, a front squat, and your front squat's 30% of your back squat. You know what's going to happen when you go start front squatting and practicing? You're going to go from 30 to 75%, which is that number where most people fall in, very fast. It's going to mm-hmm. happen very quickly, within months, because the new adaptation is totally different. What do you think is going to happen to the muscles that you develop in your legs as a result of that rapid increase in strength? You're going to see incredible change. And we it's had this a cascade effect. We, and we, so we, we interviewed uh, Stan Efferding the other day, and he talked about how he'd, he'd been powerlifting forever. He always trained the low rep range because he thought that's what built the most muscle. Then he goes and hires Flex Wheeler and Flex Wheeler has him train 10, 15, 20 reps. 20 reps, low rest periods. Low rest periods, get a pump. And he's like, oh, that's the key to building muscle. That's the key to building muscle. And I told him, I said, well, it's because you never, your body, you you trained so much. stimulus. You did that and it was like it responded. Because I bet you I could take someone who did the opposite. Right, same thing. And throw them in the heavy stuff. Well, that was me. I was the opposite of that. I did the the hypertrophy and supersetting and high reps for a really, really long time. I had never really messed with the one to three rep range. You know, this is also why, you know, yesterday, Sal and I, we did the bicep uh, thing when Justin was doing the video and we talked about you know the importance of also phasing your workout so you can see these things see it's harder to see these things when you go to train a, a muscle group or you know a full body workout and in the whole routine you're all over the board where you do one strength type set where you're doing one to three reps and then you're doing 10 to 12 reps and you're doing 15 to 20 reps and every workout looks like that where you have these you're mixing and matching which there's nothing wrong with that studies show that you can see progress but then it's hard to measure and see these types of things which like, variables affecting you how right exactly. and you can see like oh maybe i like this person that has 
got the that can that notices it. This is a good. It's a good thing that you can see this. That's a great indicator that wow, I need to be in this one to three rep range because the discrepancy is so great. Like mm-hmm. I have such like Sal saying, there's a there's a lot of room for me to improve, and I'm going to by staying in that low rep range for a while and building that. Dude, strength. I remember when 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 Adam when you were competing uh, in physique. This is towards the beginning of Mind Pump when we first started. And Adam trained hypertrophy for a long time. So, you know, 12 reps, 10 reps, got pumps, all that stuff. And then we started getting into this deadlift thing and how strong you could, you know, how much weight you could pull. And so Adam went, and by the way, at this point, he was already uh, a pro. He was already a professional competitor, already been working out for a long time. He didn't change anything else he did. His diet was always on point, you know, same amount of testosterone. Everything was the same. All he did was for like a few months focus solely on building strength and he saw his deadlift explode he added like a hundred pounds well more than not I, was, or more. I never deadlifted more than about 315 pounds because i never oh. did anything less than like eight to ten reps yeah, so he went from doing 315 to doing singles with five over oh, 500 plus in a short period of time because his body now had this new stimulus and, and he had that potential within him now what do you think happened to his back in that three-month period. Yeah. Well, I know because he did a picture. I remember that picture you posted. It was a side-by-side picture of your back, and it fucking looked like a different person. It was totally do- – the, the results you got – now, is it because low reps is the answer to building muscle? No. No, it's because it's it was the answer for you because right. that's not – that's not Because I had neglected it for a long time. Exactly. And, and when I first did it, like – when I first went, so before that, like if I did deadlift, it would be high reps, eight to ten or higher reps, eight to ten reps, and maybe the lowest rep range I ever hit was six reps. So I never really pushed over three hundred fifteen pounds. Well, even when I went down to singles and doubles of deadlifting, I only was up to about three fifty, three seventy five. I didn't, I didn't get this. I didn't wasn't, I didn't go the first day of deadlifting yeah. singles or doubles, but that's what showed me, like, wow, I have lots of room, but. Week over week over week, I was watching that get increase and increase and increase into the point where I was hitting 550 pounds for a single on deadlift, and I had never done over three 330 pounds or so before because I'd never done low reps. So, and the the reverse is true too. Like you said, like if you're somebody who always trains in that strength that that strength phase, mm-hmm. and then you go to hypertrophy, you have to significantly cut the weight. Like that's not a sign for you. Oh, this I suck at this. I shouldn't do this, or oh, I'll just stay in the one to three. No, that's your sign that you should go up in that high rep range. Just your your potential for change is so much bigger in a phase that you don't train in mm-hmm. versus the phase that you always train in. So let me repeat that: if you always train in the low rep range, you can maybe expect a small percentage increase month after month. You know, if you always train one to three reps on your squat. You know how much you're gonna add over three months if you've been doing it for the last two years. You're, if you add five pounds in three months or ten pounds in three months, that's a huge victory. But if I take you out of that and train you in a new phase because your starting point is so low, the potential is massive. If, if you go from that to 12 reps, you're gonna add 70, 80 pounds to your 12 rep max within that same period of time. Which one do you think is gonna affect your body right. you know, with 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 more uh, you know dramatic results? The one that you grow the most in. Next question is Larison. What are your thoughts on tempo when doing a lift? Would slowing down the tempo of a movement to achieve a greater stretch and contraction be more or less effective than moving a heavier weight at a slightly quicker speed? Oh, another good yeah. question, right? You here, know what's dude. you know what's funny about this? So I think a lot of people get confused when they hear the uh, lift explosively. You know, when people say you know you need to lift explosively to 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 build more muscle. 
when it comes to this, it's all about intent. It's not necessarily the speed. So there is power training. Power training is totally different. So we'll Mm -hmm. leave that out for a second. And power training is your Olympic lifting where you are moving the bar very, very quickly. So let's just stick to traditional resistance training. When you're lifting a heavy weight, uh, studies will show that exploding does build more muscle. And again, remember they're comparing head to head. We're not talking about like we just talked about with the last question where, you know, the one you're not doing is the one that's going to give you best results because I'm sure we're going to go there. But if you just compare head to head, exploding activates more muscle fibers, but the bar is not moving fast. So you still have that time under tension. It's just it's heavy and you're trying really hard versus taking a lightweight and trying to move slow. I don't know if that makes any, any, any difference. There, 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 there's a benefit to being able to push something hard, but it moves slow because it's hard to move. Well, this is also an incredible way for us to manipulate intensity. And you can do that many different ways. And doing it, moving the bar explosively is one way. And doing that in a slow, controlled way. And like we talk about the rep range, I also would talk about tempo. So if you're somebody, and this is, to me, tempo was one of my favorite things to manipulate with with a, an experienced lifter. Because even experienced lifters have a, a very specific cadence they typically lift with. Yeah, and you, it becomes natural. Isn't yes, that weird? Yeah, like, and, mm-hmm. and, even, and, and everybody in this room is guilty of that. It's mm-hmm. just you tend to do that. We manipulate all these other variables all the time, programs, exercise, and like phasing, all this stuff like that. But very few people speak to and manipulate tempo that often. And I used to love to get somebody who'd been lifting for 10 plus years and I would let, you know, I'd just watch their tempo and see, and then I would just take the extreme opposite. So if I got like a, you know, strong guy or power lifter guy, like a Justin, the way Justin kind of trains more explosively, like an athlete, I love to make him come train in my hypertrophy bodybuilder 422 tempo mm-hmm. because I'll just fuck him up mm-hmm. and he'll, he won't be able to do 50% of the weight that he's used to moving because I now take him out of that one, one explosive you know, tempo to a four two two, and it is extremely humbling. But the best part about that is the is that wow, okay, if it's that challenging for you again, like talking about the rep range, that shows you there's a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, improvement and for the body to adapt. And so, and it's and the reverse. If you're the bodybuilder guy, you know, like me, who loves to train that four two two controlled pause at the bottom, focus on squeezing the chest. You take me and you throw me in Justin's workout. And I gotta rip a bar up off the ground, or I gotta explode it off my chest. Oh, nothing fucks me up more yeah, than that. And uh, yeah, I was trying to think about like how to answer this like a, a little more specifically because when we're talking about like specifics as far as like what is the greatest benefit. So yes, there are like if you're if you're working with athletes, being explosive and powerful is you know that's a very desirable attribute. You know, and so that's something that you'll see that a lot in gyms, you know, where it's a, it's a high focus. And I mm-hmm. even know that there's camps around this with the Marinoviches and like your Nick Kersons with the speed of sport where it's like this is the only thing that's highlighted because of the fact that uh, it really does translate on well, the field. Yeah, and, and speaking and to but, you know, like could these athletes benefit from hypertrophy training? Absolutely. And is this something that they should consider more often? Absolutely. Because. Uh, we're talking about change, how to improve, how to have like, you know, a a performance advantage over, uh, you know, building more of a a foundational strength base to your body is going to, uh, it's going to require you to train a little differently, uh, you know, than this, this, because at a certain point, like you can only get so efficient, 
you know, and, and to be able to, you know, get, you have to stretch it out more. You have to optimize, you have to go in that direction where we have to pursue changing the body and then, you know, and then bringing it back to what, what, what is the, you know, the, the characteristics that are going to give you the most advantage. And so in bodybuilding world, you'd look at that from a bodybuilder perspective of like, okay, where, where is my, my high attributes in, in my totem pole? Okay. This is, this is the, the, you know, the adaptation that is the most desirable. So this one's going to be frequented the most, but I'm going to interrupt this, uh, you know, with other styles and other, uh, you know, cute variables to make sure that my body keeps progressing and changing. Beautifully, beautifully said. And here's another factor that we haven't even touched on yet. Cause I tend to recommend most people just cause most people aren't competitive athletes. I tend to recommend that they mostly, or sometimes always stay in a very controlled, uh, rep tempo mainly for one reason only. It is far rate, uh, far lower uh, risk of injury, far lower risk of injury. Now, you can look at pro bodybuilders even who train at a very high level. You look at the guys that compete into their 40s and late 40s, like Dexter Jackson, compare the way he trains to guys like Dorian Yates and how he used to train, you know, or, or, or even Ronnie Coleman and how he used to train. Lots of strength, very explosive, definitely developed lots of muscle, lots of injuries, lots of injuries. Mm-hmm. Dexter Jackson... Still trained today, you know Vince Taylor back in the day, who competed up until his late 40s at the t- the highest level. These guys trained with lots of control. They didn't try to max out on everything, and they were lifting weights at high levels in their late 40s in right. a sport that you know, fuck, you're you're competing against the, the well, like 1%. Justin said, it's not advantageous for them to do that. Nobody gets up on the Olympia stage and says, "Oh, Phil Heath." And, you know, Sean wrote, how much was your, your max bench press this year? Yeah. You know, no one asked that question. They're looking at their, the way their body is sculpted, and you can sculpt and, and build a physique with very controlled, slow movements the entire year and train that way. And then that being said, like to Justin's point again, if you're an athlete, you know, no one gives a shit if you bench pressed – you know, or or, 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 you, or if you look, you look <laughs> right. a certain way. If your if your legs were developed one way or more developed than the other guys, it's like how do they move? You know, are they explosive? Can they get across the field faster than this mm-hmm. guy? That's what matters. So, like Justin was saying, I think is an incredible point is that you know you're going to you're gonna live in one yeah, area. You're, mostly. you're gonna stay in one area most if if you have a specific goal. Now, if you're the average person. Okay, if you're somebody who is looking for just overall health, you want to look better, you want more performance, you most certainly should move in and out of them, which is how we developed. Like if you look at our, our like RGB. Yeah, our RGB bundle, which is takes you through basically a year of training, you will move in and out of every one of these different tempos, different rest periods, different phases, strength phases and training phases. That is the idea it's is complete. for complete. That's the yeah, thing. It's exa- complete. It's, our idea was to teach you how to program all those. And then, you know, from there, if you, once you've gone through all those, it's up to you if you want to keep going through all of our yeah. programs and do our stuff. But it, those, it was the idea was to give everybody the tools on how to utilize these types of things mm-hmm. and how to manipulate these things correctly. Now, one thing I'll say for the average person, I rarely have people go super explosive, the average person, like Olympic style, only because the risk factors- Risk uh, is way up. Yeah, the, the, the risk yeah. is way up. And here's the thing. The negative portion of a rep, I, I'll argue for most people, again, there's those special cases like Olympic lifters, 
where the negative portion of a rep, this is when you lower the rate, should be controlled because you're so much stronger in the negative. Mm-hmm. Lowering it quickly, you lose the benefit of it. You're, you're, you know, if you lower a weight quickly, it's not really a challenge. Try to well, more muscles built in the eccentric motion. That's right. Mm-hmm. And control and lowering a weight. And stability and, is important. And lowering a weight and changing direction this is where a lot of injury happens. So mm-hmm. if you look at people when they hurt themselves on a squat or a bench press or a shoulder press or anything else, very rarely is it. You know, when it's continuous, it's usually when they're going down and changing direction. Because when you change direction, the weight, uh, just because of momentum, is heavier than it actually is. So if I drop, if I have 315 pounds on my back and I do, I drop into a squat real fast, when I'm changing directions, I'm actually having to control more than 315 because I have to change the momentum versus a slow controlled squat. So that's where I, I usually tell people for most of the time, you should always have a controlled negative. I think it's the positive where I do a lot of, a lot of variation. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you're one of those... You know, those athletes like Olympic lifters. I watch Olympic lifters squat, and it's funny. They, they drop in the hole and come back up, and it cracks with tons I know, of weight on the back. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Well, it's, oh. n- it's nuts how much they own the bottom of that, dude. Like, you yeah. see the way their ankles and their knees can go and stuff. Their like knees that. come in, their ankles are out. It's like, yeah. it doesn't look like it's, but it's actually advantageous. It is. Next question is from C. Kinsey32. We know that health and wellness directly affects testosterone and sex drive, but how does your sex drive affect your health and wellness? Do any of you find that a higher sex drive helps in life and in the gym? It's funny that the- doesn't the, help me walk down the street. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny that their name is Kinsey. You guys know the, the Kinsey uh, reports from way back in the day? These are the famous studies on sexual behavior of humans, and it blew how everybody's yeah. fucking minds. It was the first studies where they were asking about everything from- homosexuality to masturbation practices to sex with your wife to cheating and all like all you porns analytics like the first uh stab at that oh yeah the kinsey reports were were fucking just mind-blowing for people it would be it would be interesting to look i mean i'm curious to hear you guys individually because i I think there's there's a little bit of an individual variance to this right i think that of course um, I think that some some of us have higher sex drives and if you have a natural higher sex drive the need for that um for to have the you know, a balanced life, I think, is more important. I think I have a, a partner that that is extremely important. I 100% know that if I'm stressed out or when I am go, was going through what I was going through hormonally and I wasn't able to have sex with her three to five times a week, I know that she's much shorter. She's doing less things for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that when, when she's getting sex five times a week or more, she just loves to do anything and everything she can for me. So it, it 100% wow. affects my life big time. And it, in it's positively like mine too, you know, because it's a, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it goes back and forth, right? When happy, when they say a happy wife is a happy life, you know, when yeah. I'm, when I'm taking very good care of her in that department and, and, and she's very, very happy, then she's, you know, happier around me and doing more things for me, which in turn makes me more happy and yeah. like makes the relationship better. So yeah, no, some people, I think it's extremely important. I think it's important to me too. I mean, if she was depriving me of, you know, that's the partner I have now and I've had for eight years, I've been in other relationships where, you know, I've been deprived and had, you know, somebody who has a low libido and sex drive and uh, yeah, I was irritable and frustrated all the time. And mm-hmm. like, nobody likes to feel that way. This is why I think it's important yeah. that you, you match with well, a partner you know, that matches you. Your libido tells you a lot about your, your health, your state of health, uh, everything from your physical health to even your, your mental health. There are dysfunctions where your libido can be, can be, seem to be super, super high, right? There's dysfunctional sex where 
somebody's, you know, crazy uh, with sex and they, they become addicted to it or they need it all the time or whatever, that can also be dysfunctional. So it does tell you a lot. And a healthy sex drive is one that doesn't run or rule your life mm-hmm. um, in either direction. So what I mean by that is it's like you never have sex and you're right. like, oh my God, I'm not just connecting balanced. with it. Or if it's just like, that's all you think about, um, those are both unhealthy. So it reflects a lot about your health, but you know, sex... Here's the thing about sex. Sex, definitely, okay, of course, uh, the the ultimate reason why humans have sex is to procreate. But it's the very close, close second is because we are very social oh, creatures. Connection, well, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say that that it changes, right? Like that, that maybe that's you know the underlying sort of thing, but it's it's all about like communication at, at a certain point. It's like how connected am yeah. I with you? How much you know? Like it, you, you find out a lot of like where the dysfunctions you know lie as far as uh, in your communication when like like sex is all of a sudden like not there or. Uh, you know, it's one sided or, or whatever the case. It's like, um, I think it, I think it's a way that, you know, the couples really kind of share that like, oh, we're, we're, we're both in tune. We're all on the, the, the same track right well, now. Dude, for, for men and women, orgasms, uh, frequent, I put in quotes because that can be different from person to person, orgasms alleviate depression, elevate, you know, feel good chemicals, uh, alleviate uh, anxiety. Um, uh, I already said depression. Uh, they help with sleep. Um, they give people better, just a general sense of well-being. For men, if men don't ejaculate frequently enough, your risk of prostate cancer actually goes up. You actually increase your risk of prostate cancer. You so, study so that. we need to, yeah, there, no, a hundred. There's many stuff you can send it to your. Thank you. Your, <laughs> hey, babe, do you want me to? Like, I, I'm at risk. Yeah, you want me to? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, you know, frequent ejaculations will uh, reduce risk of prostate cancer. So, sex is definitely something we evolved. Uh, to 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 need it's why it's such a strong driver. You know, it's funny when we talk about sex, people get weird about it. But if I were to talk about food, and if I were to say to someone, hey, is you know having a, a normal appetite a reflection of good health? And do you need to eat food to be healthy? Like, well, fuck yeah, both yes, right? Yeah. Sex is one of the fundamental drivers of humans, just like appetite or thirst or whatever. You you have to, obviously because if no no humans ever I mean, had it's sex, why I build things <laughs> yeah. otherwise I wouldn't yeah if we never had yeah. sex we wouldn't be able to well they asked in the question too if it, if it helps in, in life and in the gym and I I think the gym helps more my sex life than my sex life helps my it's a reflection more of the other way around. right yeah. like if I I there's definitely a direct correlation with when I'm training really good um, and not just for the fact that I feel good and I look good to myself and I feel confident like that definitely plays into it. But I mean, I for sure, I remember going through the whole, you know, decline in, in testosterone for me and then motive, trying to motivate myself to get in there and lift. And if I could just get in there and get some squats in, I would see a, a, a positive effect over the next 48 hours in my in my libido. And so um, I see more of my gym affecting my sex life than I see my sex life affecting uh, affecting the gym. But I definitely see my sex life 100% help or 100% helps in my daily life. Uh, and my partnership and my relationship. I mean, that, that's a no-brainer. I mean, shit, just, you know, it's a funny story. We're talking about this. We just came off this incredible trip and visit where, you know, Katrina and I were up at a beach and like we literally, I think we had sex six days in a row. And then we got we got back uh, the day, uh, just the other day, right? Like three days ago or four days ago and had sex that night, the next night. 
And uh, Katrina's like, oh my goodness, this is just like, well, you know, she's just so happy right now, right? It's, it's so much sex right now. And she just wants, she's like, what are we doing that's so great? Like, I don't want to mess anything up, <laughs> right? And so we get to, I get to work the last two days and just, you know, a lot of little things. A lot of little things are, you know, everyone's coming back from vacation. So we had some mishaps and, you know, just little fucking shit that normal stuff happens in a business that just gets my brain going. Like the business is going great, but there's still always shit going on and, you know, and I'm in the middle of all of it. And so I'm up at night thinking about it, stressing about it. And so what happens the last two nights, we don't have sex. Yeah. And it was funny because she was kind of like, you know, poking at me and I'm, and I'm like, I didn't even want to talk to her because I'm irritated and frustrated with work. And uh, I finally looked at her and said, hey, listen, I put a lot in the bank the last week here. <laughs> <laughs> I said, just let me be an asshole for a little bit. Like, let me, I'm frustrated right now. My mind is somewhere. And what for me, it's like, you know, I definitely see these things uh, more so than I ever did. I never noticed this when I was in my 20s. I totally noticed this now into my mid-30s when, you know, stuff is going on outside of our personal life. So when it's my business and work life or other relationships besides her, it 100% affects our, our sex life because I'm just a cerebral person. I can't, if I got something else going on at work, even if I do all these great practices to try and you know, settle that down. It's really tough for me to. That's why. That's why vacation sex is so always so awesome, right? You, you talk to anybody. My my buddy, Amen. my buddy and his wife were trying to have a baby for like a year, and they just wasn't working. They went to the doctor. They got tested. Doctors like, well, every, everything's healthy and whatever, and they couldn't get pregnant. They go on vacation, and my buddy was like telling me when he got when they when they mm. got back, they go on vacation. And they normally have very stressful lives. Also. I, I have to add that out. I yeah. have to put that in there. Stressful lives. They both work lots of hours. They're both very successful. They sometimes work different hours, so they don't see each other a lot. They go on vacation, and she gets pregnant. I mean, they went on a, they went on a two week vacation. She gets pregnant, and and he's like, dude. He goes, first off, the sex was insane. Mm-hmm. Like we don't like it was the best sex ever. And he goes, and then she got pregnant. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, you're on vacation. Your the stress is gone. Yep. Every, you guys are connected. I mean, it, fuck, stress plays a huge it's, role. It is, one. and it's and it's more so for certain people. Like some, like you said, like I think Katrina and I both have very stressful. Like, and I don't think we're stressful people. Like I, I think we handle stress really, really well. But it's we have. I mean, she works crazy hours. I work crazy hours, and you know, it's when we do finally get to settle down and see each other. If a lot was going on at both our jobs and work. It's really easy for that to bleed into our alone time. And then, like you said, going on a vacation like that, you know, we make certain rules where we just shut down all the electronics and it is just about us. Mm-hmm. And it takes me, and she knows, she's like, it takes like two days, huh? Yeah, no, she has it down to a T. It, it takes about like 27 hours or so, she says. It takes you <laughs> 27 know, hours and 42 right. minutes. Right. And she, it's what's great. And what I love about her is that we've done so many, tri- I mean, we've been together for eight years. So we've done this so many times that, you know, at the beginning there was a little bit of this like, you know, rough patch, but now that she's realized that these are my patterns, she buffers the trip always with that first day. It's like, and I get, and I know she gives me that flexibility because I'm still unwinding from work. Like when I get out on vacation, we get out to that beach, I'm still attached to the electronics. I'm still yeah. checking up on work. I'm still doing some things. I'm not all the way there. And then after we get like a full night's rest of being on a vacation and then the next day, nothing, then you start to see my whole mood and who I am completely change. Mm-hmm. And so, Next question is from High Quality Fitness. What is the meaning behind the color coding of the MAPS programs? 
I can't figure it out for the life of me. <laughs> it's an Easter egg, man. This is uh, Justin. If right you here. figure you guys, this out, you guys don't know. Yeah, you don't know about the electromagnet mag- uh, spectrum. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going off yeah. of. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very, it's a very uh, in depth. Um, you know, it's 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 a universal sort of code that we're putting together you can to figure, unlock um, if, if you can true fi- meaning. If you can figure out the colors and what they mean. <laughs> You'll get free programs. Well, yeah. free is, programs isn't that the, R- well, the R- yeah R- RGB? You didn't know you put all those. It's like the building blocks for all the color base. Yeah. So I mean, it, it just happened to be that way. Was it by accident? Yeah, I don't think. Were so. we stoned? Yeah, although, yeah. <laughs> although it would be blue instead of black. Yeah. Right? So yeah. yeah well, whatever. Because yeah. no, <laughs> you, no, you, you put that in a printer in RGB. That's what you do to yeah. print all the different colors. Okay. okay so here, here's I'm just the, telling you. Here's the truth. Okay. Here's the truth this question? The I didn't pick this question. Here's the, here's the truth behind the colors, which is it's hilarious because yeah. I literally have at people have asked me this question several times. There really is no meaning. Here's here's how it started. I created. I feel like it's kind of this. They're shaped up to a meaning now. Well, maybe you started with red, and then since I started with red because when we did our market research, red it's about vibrations red and light. Red is the color, like, like you know, like like they, you know, red attracts your attention. Yeah, red, it's yellow, and strength. orange. Right? I think yeah. those are the top three top three colors when you're in marketing mm. uh, online. It's supposed to be red, red, yellow, and orange. Exactly, and so that was Maps Anabolic. The next program we did was Maps Performance. And because Justin's the athletic guy, he basically picked his favorite color. Yeah, I did. That's yeah. all it was. Green. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. just picked his favorite color. Yeah. And then when we knew that we were doing aesthetic and that was kind of more centered around me, I was like, I wanted black. Because I remember we yeah, talked black about- Black is cool. Yeah. 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 We're going to go blue uh, yeah. or something I wanted else. The, I wanted the black on black and the matte look. I'm into all that shit. So I think that was like my- We're running out of colors. Well, yeah. so, but since then- <laughs> We are. Since then- Well, there's no colors right now, right? Isn't strong? Is, what's the color? Strong doesn't have- Strong's like a, uh, like a more vibrant red. Yeah. Which, you know, it was just supposed to be the see, there was a little bit of thought on this. I don't I don't know if it was an underlying thing or not, but like we're like these programs are a little more intense, so we're gonna give them more of, of you know, a vibrant no, sort of a, a shade that. to that. Cause like <laughs> even hit, you know, for green is like it's 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 more of a fluorescent green and you know, so there was a little bit of like I don't know, we it's were probably electric stoned. green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it always works out. If yeah. you, like somebody can put this all together and I guarantee you, like they could have like some kind of like meaning, like really deep meaning behind it. Well yeah. there you you're right. I think the, I think the way we fell on red and then green and black was just kind of by us picking what we wanted to do. But yeah. there was some like Sal saying there absolutely there was thought process put why red first and they were you know when him and Doug were first creating this to market it online like that makes total sense to do that the fact that performance was centered around Justin and kind of his baby that he headed up that's back and, when he thought he was Irish yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right what are you now, now it'd be like blue and white yeah. you know? what do you know now that you think you're Scottish uh, I don't know I'd be all plaid yeah, yeah. 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 plaid and then I remember when we were doing uh, Maps Prime Pro with Brink and you know we were thinking of like medical colors like and and that was we were kind of our thought process was around the blues and that type of stuff so there was a little bit of yeah the, the gut health Maps yeah. program that we come out with is gonna be Maps Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, it's funny. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because when I was like even trying to develop this invention, you know, for, for you know, with my partners and stuff, we got in fights all the time over colors and stuff. It was so like stupid. But like, I was always under the impression that I would I would base it off of other companies what they did before as far as indicators, right? Yeah. So like, you know, if you do like a heat map, you go from like you go from like yellow to orange to red, you know, and that that signifies like this intense intensified uh, uh, heat, mm. right? Versus like cool colors like mean certain things. So if you get into with design and you get you know in a room with designers, they'll tell you, um, you know, they all sort of uh, you know provide a feeling there that uh, people like uh, receive right away. And so mm-hmm. it's, uh, I mean, not to just dis- completely dismiss it, but like I do have like uh, like I-, I look at certain things and I and. Um, you know, I'm attracted to certain colors and I'm attracted for, to certain styles of graphics and certain things for a reason. I, and I'm sure everybody else is, even if they don't realize Well, it. it's funny because some people will think it's like, oh, is it, you know, there's just something magical about that color. There's something, you know, sometimes it's just that, like, for example, red, like why is red such a good comp- color for marketing? There may be an underlying reason, but a lot of it may be the fact that the most popular brand of all time which has been around for a long time, is Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And they were red. And then you have Target, and they're red. And you have all these other companies that are red. For example, Adam mentioned or yellow. Yellow is another good. Mm-hmm. McDonald's. Yeah. McDonald's, people probably now, because McDonald's has become so big, now yellow. Yeah, we've be- been conditioned. We've yeah. seen it so often. I remember I went to this internet marketing uh, course, and they were talking about all these split tests for the, the buy button that you, they would use on their websites. And they did all these tests, and they found that when you make that buy button orange, mm-hmm. you you make like two percent more sales or something like that. And they were trying to figure out why. And one of them's like, "Well, it's Amazon's color. Right. It's Amazon's buy color." And so people just became conditioned through this big company. Yep. And so that may that may be the reason why some colors do right. better than and others. And that's why you see sometimes now, like, and it changes too. That's why I see like a lot of blues out there now because of Facebook, because of Twitter, because see? of, you know, so that's more blue, the they, majority of mm-hmm. where people are spending their time. So we get conditioned like this. It's really fascinating human behavior. Interesting. Yeah. So look, if you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download any of our guides for free. We have, uh, I believe, 11 or 12 guides. The newest one is how to uh, build Big arms, but I have one on you know hit training. We have one on developing legs, calves, uh, flabby arms, how to strengthen your or tighten your midsection. There's a lot of them. Go on there, download one of them, download all of them. It costs nothing. Again, it's mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.